the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're live. It's Wednesday, July the 8th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1776, Colonel John Nixon, he gave the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence. He was standing outside the State House. It's now known as Independence Hall, Philadelphia. He gave them the news. Today in 1889, the Wall Street Journal was first published. Today in 1947, a New Mexico newspaper, the Roswell Daily Record, quoted officials at Roswell Army Airfield as saying they had recovered a flying saucer. It crashed onto a ranch. But a a day or so later, just hours later, the officials said, no, it wasn't a flying saucer. It was actually a weather balloon. There are a lot of people to this day that don't believe the officials. They don't think it was a weather balloon. But that happened today, 1947. Today, 1950, President Harry S. Truman named General Douglas MacArthur, Commander-in-Chief of the United Nations Forces in Korea. Truman ended up firing MacArthur nine months later for insubordination. They didn't have a very good relationship. Today, in 1972, the Nixon administration announced a deal to sell $750 million in grain to the Soviet Union. However, the Soviets were also engaged in secretly buying subsidized American grain, resulting in what the critics of Nixon, for sure, and the whole deal ended up calling the Great Grain Robbery. Today, in 2011... Former First Lady Betty Ford died in Rancho Mirage, California. She was 93 years old. And today in 2014, Washington State became the second state to allow people to buy marijuana legally in the U.S. without a doctor's note. And we step back into the Stone Age. Following, I think Oregon was the first state, Washington the second. The Stone Age. Paul wrote to the Philippians, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. We live in days that can cause people not to have peace, not to be able to sleep, not to be able to think straightly. It's very difficult times today. We're challenged on every front in every part of our life. The coronavirus, the craziness in the streets of these cities that local, democratic, for the most part, almost exclusively, leadership won't even address. They talk, but they don't want to infringe on the rights of people marching through the streets of our cities in America, breaking out windows, stealing up to $2 million, in one case, out of a jewelry store, They don't have a right to do that. And most of America, sitting in our homes across this 
beautiful country. We know it. But there is a small group of people who are way out there on the left, and they just let these people continue until the pushback is is such that they can't do anything about it. CHOP was a good example in Seattle. Finally, Durkin, after laughing about it for weeks, she finally had to do something about it. But they don't really want to do anything about it. They don't want to deal with it. There is no part of our culture right now that is peaceful in that sense. But yet in the midst of all of the turmoil and all of the difficulty and all of the questions, there is a peace that passes all understanding. If you grew up in church like I did, you probably remember there used to be a little chorus that we sang back in the day when we could kind of memorize the words to some of the songs. I know I'm sounding like I'm over 40, but remember that song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace, coming down from the Father above? Well, I want to tell you that that's right. That's where it comes from. We knew it then, and we need to know it now, because we live in anything but peaceful circumstances today. But I will tell you that you can live in peace in all that's going on around us. Not denial. That's different. That's what I don't. That's when people say, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to be informed. I don't want to know what's going on because I just can't handle it anymore. That isn't peace. That's a, a state of denial, and God says, don't, don't go there. He wants us to be informed. He wants us to know what's going on. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all this junk that's going on, it's unprecedented in many respects. If you will keep your hearts and your minds focused on God, he will keep your heart and your mind. Isaiah knew that long before Paul came on the scene. Isaiah wrote in chapter 26, verse 12, Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. The Bible is full of verses that tell us that we can have peace. The same chapter Isaiah wrote, I think, I think it's verse 3. He wrote a verse that, You probably know from memory, I mean, many of us do, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Have peace. And I don't say that lightly. Because God brings peace to the troubled soul, and God brings peace in troubled times. The The Supreme Court put out a ruling this morning It's interesting how it's being reported. I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but I just wanted to make you aware of it. Supreme Court said this morning that, um, well, they they ruled on birth control. And uh, what I found striking about this, number one, it's a wonderful ruling. Thank God for it. But I, I found it striking how different news organizations report it. The Seattle Times says this. The Supreme Court on Wednesday... This morning, cited with the Trump administration in its effort to allow employees who cite religious or moral objections to opt out of providing no-cost birth control to women as required by the Affordable Care Act. In a more conservative news organization, but bigger than the Seattle Times, 
a more leftist organization, for sure. But this more conservative news service says this. The Little Sisters of the Poor won another victory Wednesday in their years-long battle to assert their First Amendment right to religious freedom against the contraceptive mandate in Obamacare. It's the same story. It's the same ruling. How differently it's reported. The good news is the Little Sisters of the Poor won. And so did the Trump administration. And in doing so, the sanctity of life won. Religious freedom won. That's a good thing. Got a letter today from, uh, or I got it today. It was mailed a few days ago. From Tacoma, Seattle area. The note in it, and thank you. The note in it says, take this, please, (laughs) with a check. Sir, we will take it. Our office has already put it in the bank. This person writes, I like your Bible-based program on KGNW. The variety of topics is pertinent now more than ever. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I would. Ju- this is a, someone who has not supported the ministry before but is now doing so. I just want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you, particularly in the Seattle area, because as you may know, uh, we haven't been on there but a few months, and we have a pretty significant budget there, but we felt, I felt in my heart that the Lord wanted us to do it, and I felt like that was the time a few months ago, and we did. And each month, more of you are discovering the program, and more of you are feeling that you want to be a part of it. And I want to tell you, we were counting on that prayerfully when we went on the air in Seattle. We don't have reserves, and um, I guess some you know, ministries do, we don't. And so it was a step of, of faith for sure. But I felt pretty confident that, I mean, we see the, the far left idiocy of, of Seattle and, and yet there's so many conservative, wonderful people and Christians in the city. And so, and in the, in the area, obviously, but we just felt that God would speak to your heart and, and he has and is, and I want to thank you. And to all of you, and especially in Seattle, because we need your support. We're not quite making budget yet. And and I we need to hear from you and pray about it. If you think there's value to what we're doing, just take a moment and ask the Lord if he would have you to support us financially. If you don't feel that God would have you to do it, then don't do it. But those of you who do, I would ask you to join us and be a part of this. Help us meet our monthly budget. We We need to do that. And we're not quite doing it yet. But thank you to all of you who have already stepped up in the Seattle market, in the Seattle area, Tacoma, the whole Puget Sound area. Thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Charlie Daniels, great American, great musician, great communicator, reflective thinker, thoughtful philosopher and a man who came to know the Lord personally. Charlie Daniels published this message over the 4th of July weekend. He said, quote, this year we celebrate the 244th birthday of the greatest nation the world has ever known. We are beset with many problems, some of our making and some we have no control over. But be that as it is, America is still the greatest, and I want to express my personal feelings about our beloved country 
its magnificence, its beauty, and its diverse population. Wishing all Americans a happy and reflective Independence Day. Charlie Daniels However, on Monday morning, unexpectedly, he suffered a severe stroke and died. He went to be with the Lord. He was 83. He left behind a lot of music, some of which, you know, but he left behind a lot of thoughts as well. And I wanted to, I know this isn't the 4th of July weekend, but we're only a couple of days out. I just had to share this with you today. I wanted to take a moment, if you would, and just reflect with me on America. America is such a beautiful place in so many ways, in most all ways. The ugliness is always featured on the front page and on the screen, and they regurgitate it, and they go over and over and over, and they run the same stories. They find somebody who's been done wrong and whatever. And I know there's a lot of junk out there. I know that. But you get the feeling, if you don't guard against that, that everything is bad and everything is burning and everything is broken. You see, I mean, How many pictures of broken glass and burning cars have you seen over the last several months? Too many to count. But the whole world, the whole nation isn't burning. But sometimes we get the feeling it is. So just take a deep breath. I wrote an article, and I included this in our daily article, Faith and Freedom Daily. You can go to faithandfreedom.us, and the first thing you'll see when you go, it's not .us, not .com, .us. First thing you'll see when it comes up is Faith and Freedom, and you'll see my name. We've added that to the ministry name because there was were more and more Faith and Freedoms out there. People like that phrase, and everybody was using it. Nobody was using it much as a name when we started using it in 2003 and four. but we've added Gary Randall to the name of it to identify us from all the others, one of which is a Muslim organization of all things. But anyway, when you go there, you'll see it come up and you'll see a big picture of the Capitol and so on, the dome and one thing or another. But you can see this. And I actually put in the article I published today, I put the video of what I'm going to share with you. It's Charlie Daniels himself saying these words, and I can't talk like him, and I'm not going to try to, but I'll read the words to you so some of you can't access it or you don't have time or whatever. But we need to hear these words. It just, I don't know, it just touched my heart. So could we take about two or three minutes and just listen to this today? And it's my voice, not his. But if you go to faithandfreedom.us, you'll see it. You can... Listen to it with music in the background and Charlie's voice taking you on a tour of America. But let me share let me share what he wrote. He he called this, he wrote it a while back. He he titled it My Beautiful America. He loved America and he loved God in his later life. My beautiful America. He said, Have you ever spent the late afternoon watching the purple shadows deepen in the Arizona desert? Through waist-deep snow on a Colorado dawn? Did you ever see the sun go down in Hawaii? Or seen the stormy waves break over the rock-bound coast of Maine? Or have you ever seen an eagle fly up out of the mists of Alaska? Or a big October moon hanging full over the still Dakota badlands? Have you ever tasted the gumbo in New Orleans, barbecue in Carolina, or the chicken wings in Buffalo? 
Have you ever had Brunswick stew in Macon or cornbread in Birmingham or briskets slow cook over hill country mesquite wood? Did you ever drink the water from a gurgling branch in Utah or stand on the mountain above El Paso del Norte and see the lights twinkling clear over into Mexico? Did you ever jingle horses in a pre-dawn stillness of a perfect Texas day and watch their shod hooves kicking up sparks on the volcanic rock? Or tended a trot line on a foggy Carolina morning? Or heard the distant love song of a lovesick whippoorwill on a pristine Tennessee late night? Have you, have you ever seen the faces of Mount Rushmore or stood at the Vietnam Monument? Have you ever crossed the mighty Mississippi or or been to the daddy of them all in Cheyenne, Wyoming? Or seen the mighty Vols, that's the volunteer of uh, the football team at Tennessee where he lived? Ever seen the mighty Vols run out on the football field on a chilly autumn afternoon? Did you ever see the Chicago skyline from Lakeshore Drive at night? Or the New England foliage in the fall? Or the summer beauty of the Shenandoah Valley? Or Indiana covered with new snow? Did you ever see a herd of wild horses running free across the empty spaces of Nevada? Or caught a wall-eyed pike out of a cold Wisconsin stream? Or marveled at the tall ships docked in the harbor at Baltimore? Did you ever see the early morning dew sparkling on the bluegrass? Or the wind stir the wheat fields on a hot Kansas afternoon? Or driven the lonely stretches of old Route 66? Have you ever heard the church bells peal their call to worship on an early Sunday in some small town in the deep south? Or pass through the redwood forest just as the sun was going down? Have you ever been to Boise or Baxley or Beaufort or Billings? Have you ever passed through Stanford or Suffolk or St. Angelo? Have you ever seen the falls at Niagara, the Ice Palace in St. Paul, or the Gateway to the West? This, then, is America, the land God blesses with everything. And no Eiffel Tower, no Taj Mahal, no Alps, no Andes, no native hut, no royal palace can rival her awesome beauty. Her diverse population her monolithic majesty, America the free, America the mighty, America the beautiful. Then Daniels says this at the end of the video, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And he says, what do you think? Then he says, as he always did on the columns that he wrote, he says, pray for our troops and for the peace of Jerusalem. God bless America. Charlie Daniels. Well, God bless Charlie Daniels' work, particularly in his later years. I have been blessed many times by what he has written. He was a deep thinker, profoundly, profoundly loyal to the word of God and profoundly patriotic. We pray for his family, his wife Hazel, and all of the family that are grieving his loss. I think they were not expecting, there were no, there didn't appear from what I've read to be any signs that he was having any difficulties. This was a sudden thing from what I've seen, but they're going through a period of grief now, as you can imagine. So we pray for them as well. Thank you, Charlie Daniels. That's a good thing. Yesterday I was talking about um, and we never do this. We never go back 
Uh, I mean, generally, maybe we have. I don't remember doing it. We don't go back to what we talked about the other day, and that's why this program originates live. It's because we want to talk about what's happening now, as in Supreme Court ruled this morning, and you know it now. We try to inform on all of the things that are important from a biblical perspective, some things we just can't get to because we don't have the time. But we try to do that every day, and that's why we go to an extra effort, and the people— believe me, that broadcast this program, they don't get our program in a can, you know, five programs, you know, a week's worth of programs in the mail. It would be easier for them if they did. And I, I, I will tell you, and it would be easier for me to be honest with you. But we do it. We It originates live every morning. And some of you hear it on a slight de- delay, an hour or two. But for the most part, it's very, very current, if not live. So thank you again for your support in helping us do this. So generally, we don't go back to what we talked about yesterday. We keep moving forward with whatever happened overnight and what's happening at the moment. But yesterday I was talking about about the speech that Trump gave at Mount Rushmore. It was it was the best speech I've ever heard him give. And, I, and again, I, I'd love to reread it to you, but I, I don't have the time to go back through it. But the thing, I, the 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 New York Times, the Washington Post, all of the major newspapers just took him on. And the things that he said are so fundamentally conservative. And as I said, one of the best speeches, if not the best, I've ever heard him give. He's not known as the great communicator like Reagan was, but it was a tremendous speech and it was so well delivered. Well, anyway, they're taking him on. I mean, and they're continuing even today, which is surprising to me. They usually get over it a day or so, but This is the third day, and they're still going on this thing. But I was talking about that yesterday, and we ran out of time. But I wanted wanted to tell you that the the reason they're taking Trump on is because he said, among other things, that he said that our, our, our schools teach our children in this country to believe that men and women who built the who built the nation are heroes of history, are the villains. He said the radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted. Every fact is distorted and every flaw is magnified until history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. <clears throat> and he was laying that at primarily at the feet of public education. He's absolutely right. And everybody knows it. These kids go into school and they come out all indoctrinated. They just do unless they have a very strong biblical basis in their home and in their church. And many of them don't. They, even if they've gone to church, they don't know why they believe what they believe. And that's why we've got to be informed. So anyway, in that context, they've been just railing on him again and again and again and again. Well, Dr. Michael Brown, and I just mentioned him as we were going off the air yesterday. Dr. Michael Brown has written a book. It's titled Evangelicals at the Crossroads. Will we pass the Trump test? This isn't about, like, we got to get our political candidate elected. Most of us didn't start out supporting Trump. But we're supporting a concept, and we understand what's going to happen if Trump doesn't win a second term. Joe Biden is not capable of leading the country, and if he was, it would be frightening. But he's going to hand off a presidency, should he win, to the likes of Elizabeth Warren, Maybe Susan Rice is his vice presidential nominee. He's going to hand it off to Ocasio-Cortez. He's going to hand it off to some of the darkest, 
most perverted people in America who have a lot of power. They have no understanding, and if they do, they reject it, of God's truth, a biblical worldview, and their far-left radical ideas are so far-left, it would destroy this country as we know it. It just would. And most of us understand that. So in this context, in this context, Dr. Michael Brown, who is a conservative, he wrote this, and a Christian, he wrote this book. He's a, I think he's a completed Jew, a Messianic Jew. I, I believe he is. Not sure about that. But anyway, he, he loves the Lord. And in it, he devotes an entire chapter to the question, did God uniquely raise up Donald Trump? Well, we have to ask ourselves that. And he wisely in the book states the case against it, that no, it was just political, you know, course of human events kind of thing. But it really wasn't. I mean, there's more to it than that. And he makes the case beautifully. But what I wanted to say yesterday and ran out of time was that Ben Franklin was one of the most, he was little, he was only just over five feet tall, but he was what? He, he was old, really old. No, he was like 83 or something like that. But he was not religious at all. He was one of the least religious of all of our founding fathers. And yet, when they were trying to put the Constitution together and get it worked out as we know it today, they were there was a lot of infighting. They were disagreeing. In fact, some of the people, some of the guys walked out of the, the, the session where they were trying to write this thing. They just walked away. They left. They said, man, this isn't going to happen. Benjamin Franklin stepped up and he said this to George Washington and the others. He said, in the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for the divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. And all of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. Now, this is a non-religious guy. Have we now forgotten that powerful friend? I have lived, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that an empire can rise, improbable that an imp- empire can rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, in the ancient writings that unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. He went on to liken their quarreling in there over the, how to write the Constitution as he said, we're no better than the builders of Babel. Then he said this. And this is what I wanted to leave you with yesterday, and I'll leave you with today. Then Ben Franklin, the least religious of all, said to the group, He said, I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers employing the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business. They squabbled over that, but they finally did it. And within days, America's Constitution was born. It is, by most all accounts, one of the most profound instruments of government ever written by human hands and human minds. The Constitution of the United States. They could not create that document until they agreed to start the session with prayer every day. And when they did, in a matter of days, the Constitution was on paper. It had been given birth. That's what happens when a group or a nation commits itself to prayer. Pray for our nation. 
And thank you for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. Tomorrow, we will continue talking about what's happening in our world from a biblical perspective. I'll see you tomorrow.